my name's Wills. I'm here with my good friend Ethan. Welcome to the Harkness. Today we'll be discussing World War II, the Holocaust, night, and different things we have learned from our own personal experiences in life. We hope you enjoy this episode, and thank you for tuning in. Hi, I just wanted to note that um, in this podcast, we will be saying Eli um, as a as the uh, author of Night, his memoir. His correct name is Ellie Weisel. We just want to let people know that, and we're really sorry that we said it wrong, um, but I just want to let that go out there and let you guys know that their correct pronunciation is Ellie Weisel. Thank you. Today we'll be talking about survival. More importantly, on the theme of what you do and what you, how you do what is necessary to survive. Um, Ethan, I want to start out by asking you, what have you found in your own experiences and what you've read and what you've heard, seen, done, etc., that shows how people survive? Well, a good example is the night where um, the... The people, they were traveling from camp to camp, already dead, like basically already dead and really bad health. People were dying. They didn't have any food. And they were passing through a German town, and a guy threw in some bread. And people were so desperate and needed that bread so much that people were fighting and, like, fighting and dying for the food. Yeah, actually, I got a quote from that. He's, Eli said, again, it's Ellie Weisel. Sorry about that. Anyway, so Ellie was saying that men were hurling themselves against each other, trampling, tearing at, and mauling each other. It just shows how how much and what lengths people will go to to survive. Actually, in that scene, a father, a son, kills his father because he is so desperate for to survive and get this food, which just shows how extreme this is. Yes, and also, it also is like, um, you have to be very, you have to tell yourself it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. There's just one part where it says, this guy says, I can't go on, it's over. And they said, we tried to raise our spirits, but he wouldn't listen to anything we said. He, so, pe- so people were telling themselves, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Because even they thought, like even they, if, if they could have very easily just been telling themselves it's over it's over but they were raising their own spirits and trying to raise his spirits so like they had to be telling themselves i'm gonna we're gonna be okay this is gonna happen for just just to keep just to keep yourself alive and keep on going sure yeah that also sounds like um a lot like what we're gonna be talking about a bit later which is how faith and hope affect survival um but that's a good point that that does really affect your survival um I think another thing we should probably talk about at, within survival is really um, how what people don't do to yes. um, survive. So, for example, Eli like leaves his father to be beaten because his father's in trouble. But if Eli goes and helps him, he'll get in trouble and get beaten, which is like really hard for them. Furthermore, there's a time in Anne Frank where her. The basis of Anne Frank is when she runs away and her family runs away and goes into hiding, which is something that what they're not doing. What they're not doing is they're going to fight and they're just going into this hiding. And also, 
I think, Ethan, you had gone to the Holocaust Museum and have seen this. But the founder's story, the founder of the Virginia Holocaust Museum, his family ran away, which just shows that sometimes the best thing to do is not always take action, but is just to run and hide and run away. And that's something that I see throughout everything, where it shows that sometimes inaction is the best thing. Um, yeah, that's something I really see a lot. Have you seen any other instances of that? Yeah. Um, there's also another really, um, I bring up something else. There was a, while going to the camps and the train, there was this woman who had gone through a lot of trauma and had, was going through a lot of trauma and was hallucinating seeing fires. And she was yelling, fire, fire, fire. And the SS officers would come in and were gagging her and beating her up to make her to stop talking. And she had a son with him, with her, but the son, the son didn't do anything because he knew if he fought back, he was just going to get beaten up too, and he could have died. Because actually the people inside of the train, like the Jews, they beat her up, tied and gagged her because they didn't want wrath to come to the train from the SS officers, which shows yeah, that like, they're going against each other, we like away from the enemy, but against each other just so that they can survive more easily. Mm -hmm. There was also another time where a guy was forced to put his dad into the crematorium um, just to stay alive, and basically killing like he had the they had to kill people, go against their own family just to survive. So basically, you're saying that like for this man to survive and not be like beaten and killed. He actually he had to do what the SS officer said, which was to like burn his own father. Yes. Yeah. Thankfully, so, his father I think was already dead, but that just shows how gruesome and what extent people will go to just to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, people in real life do this to metaphorically survive, like or like how are metaphorically surviving in school because the varsity blues incident that went on a couple days ago, a couple days ago, um, just a little. A little while ago. I mean, actually, it's still going on, but people were paying huge amounts of money to this person to get them into college. And some people even knew, and like some people, like they knew that they were cheating. They were either like bribing, like the person that they were paying it to used that money to bribe um, colleges to make them have to give the person, the kid, scholarships to sports that they aren't even good at. And then just pretend to get injured, or they would have other people take the tests, and or give the answers to the test instead of the kid getting into college. And what this really points out to me is that these people are lying, cheating, bribing, just to get their kids into school. This isn't even a life or death situation. This is all about how, with something that's not even life or death consequential they're still going to all these great lengths to get their kids into school, which is just yes. really extreme, which surprises me that people are just willing to do these things. And that's really what the Holocaust has been, just really an eye-opener that people go to these extents. Another thing that shows what people do when not under stress and how people react in those types of situations is the Milgram experiment. If you don't know what the Milgram experiment that's an experiment that was done after World War II to determine if people would act like the Nazis if given the chance. And the way it worked was people had these switches 
and they'd flip them up to give people vaults of energy, and they'd keep going higher and higher and higher until, like, they got these vaults that would could kill people. And they had this, like, doctor in the room, and it's like, please continue. Now, like, you know, it's very important that you continue this. And a lot of people did, and here's actually a segment of something of that video that kind of gives you a sense of what people were doing. The learner was hidden from the teacher by a partition. Of course, this was all a simulation. Nothing was really happening. But the learner made very convincing sounds of pain as the shocks increased. This will be at 3.30. And Milgram found, surprisingly and rather horrifyingly, that the majority of people would actually go right to the very highest level if there was some pressure from a man in a white coat who said things like... It's absolutely essential that you continue. Continue, please. Let me out of here. Go on. In fact, about 65% of the people who he, was, he studied who were normal volunteers from the ordinary population actually gave the maximum number of votes. Ethan, hearing about these, like, extreme circumstances that people are put in and do, or not circumstances, but the th extreme things they do, with very little pressure, like, does that seem extreme to you? Um, yes. And, like, I mean, people will just go to these extents in regular day life for things that aren't even important, like school, just, like, let's just say homework, and you want to be doing something else other than homework. You might just lie to your parents and say, oh, yeah, I've done my homework, because um, you really want to go, um, you really want to, like, watch TV or play Fortnite or go outside for basketball. And it's not even something that important, but they will still lie about it. Yeah, and then you get to school and the teacher's like, is there another homework? And they'll be like, yes, and they'll just like fill it in while the teacher's going over the answers, which just shows people are just dishonest or, or, in these. Or they'll stay up late and. Yeah, afterwards, or, true. Yeah, you know, they'll stay up late and do it afterwards. Another good thing is when people say they might be going to bed, but they actually have their phones. Yeah. It's not that important. Just like it's not, it's not that important to lie to say that you're going to bed, going to bed and use your phone. So, like, people go to these great extents for things that might not even be um, that important. But then, like, but, which is kind of interesting because, like, so many, because, like, you really have to go to great extents for survival. And right, and these are just, like, impulses, something you want to do, not even something that you have to do to survive. So, I think it which, just, I think it, yeah, sorry. I right. think it just helps to show that, um people will go to the great extents to survive. Yeah, bringing it back to really uh, more extreme levels, Eli, the main character in Night, if you didn't know, who I think we've been discussing for some of this time, he leaves the hospital that he's in, because he's had an injured foot, with that bad foot, so that he is not killed when they evacuate. So he's going, like, really painful, through all this pain, to hobble and go along when he could have just stayed, just so that he can evacuate the camp and, like, save himself. Um, yes. That was, um, like, that, and it, that's just, like, going into great sense, and it also is gonna relate to what we're gonna talk about later about family, because he did do it so he could save his father. And another, um, and then he also did something else. He had a gold crown, and the Germans wanted the gold crowns, for like money and he was lying that like he 
was sick. He didn't want to take it out. And he was able to keep on going for a long period of periods of time. Until the doctor actually to not was to, to not do it. So he could so it when he freed the Holocaust he could use that gold for some money to survive because once they if he once he was gonna leave the Holocaust he was gonna have no money. Or just because like that's it's yours. Like he doesn't wanna like have to give up this thing. And it's also like a dental thing. Like it's useful. It's you use it. So. Um, and another, and eventually he did have to take it off because he was going to die if he didn't take it off. Um, which is just another thing that like right. people do things that they don't want to do to survive. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit earlier. Ethan mentioned like some of the hope that you have to have. So let's go revisit that now. And I want to ask you, how have you seen faith and hope affect survival, Ethan? Well, there were many times in the, uh, in the story Night where um, the Soviets were gaining on the Germans because they got captured and went to the camps late in like 1944-1953. And they kept on hearing rumors that the Soviets were coming. Soviets are coming. They're going to free us. Yes. <laughs> and it kept on going along every single time, even if it, like, even if it wasn't true. There would still be that rumor, and everyone would still think, oh, yes, this is the time. We're going to get freed. And I think that was a really a, that was a driving force to keep people to survive. Oh, only just one more day, and then I'm, I'm going to be free. I don't, don't get, I don't have to give up yet, so I'm about to survive. Like, they're so close. They, like, feel it. And so they're just, like, they're willing to just wait and just keep on doing this and survive. Um. I, I hear your point, but I almost feel like it's more of just, like, the, their families or God that kind of kept them there. Just, like, the knowledge that, or almost even, that they felt that they were unable to do anything else. And this was going to be their best hope of survival, which I guess does tie into what you were saying about hope of being freed. Um, yeah, and then going back to, like, how, like, you just have to tell yourself that, like, there's just one thing left to do. Um, that, I feel like many people, there are a lot of times where then they were, that, oh, oh I've, like, they're in families. with like families. They would be separated. And, like, sometimes the only reason someone didn't give up is because it's because he hoped that his family was still alive. Um, right. Like, they hoped. Of hope. So then, how about faith? Because I see in the book where Eli is talking about, like, where he, he hasn't, where he doesn't fast because on this special day, and because he, he's lost his faith, and he says he feels a void opening, um, and that's really showing how God can and like your belief that everything is going to be all right and like God is going to come and help you. That really pushed, I think, a lot of them to stay and just be there. And when he kind of lost that, again, he felt, quote, a void opening. Um, yes. And, I mean, there was one time when someone said, I've lost hope in God. I, I'm going to give up. I'm losing this next election. Um, so he really just lost hope in God and that he believed that nothing was going to happen. Like, he was going to die. It was all over. Um, so and what a having lot of people, hope and guide, having hope and God really kept, um, people going. 
Yeah, and when a lot of people lost faith, they lost hope, they didn't really have anything that, any reason that they wanted to go on. Like, they just kind of, they they felt that they, there was nothing that they, like, wanted to live for, and they were really depressed, and that kind of ended a lot of their lives because they just didn't have the will to go forward. Um, yes, and there was this one, um, one person who was running, um, he was running there, running from camp to camp, and he was like, he said, my stomach aches. Um, and he said he couldn't go on. He had to stop at this moment. And he just, he started running. Eventually he just fell. He said, I can't go on. And he just died. He lost faith that he, he lost that he faith. lost his faith in himself that he wouldn't be able to continue. Mm-hmm. And once he'd lost that faith in himself, he decided, like, I'm done for. Like, I can't go on. And consequently, he couldn't go on. Yeah. Yeah. It was all in their head. Yeah, it's a head game. You hear that in sports a lot. It's, it's in your head. It was all in their head. I mean, yeah. some of them, I wouldn't say it's all in their head. I mean, but I think that a lot of the survival that de- doing the work and running. Right. It's and not the only thing. Was like when, I mean, like a lot of these people are in shape. The, there's yeah. things just weren't going well and they just lost willpower and lost hope. Right. Um. They and couldn't survive, they couldn't but they survive. almost didn't want to survive. And that's the only reason that Eli survived, and I think, if he had, because he, he was barely, phys- he was barely in the phys- physical enough, like, in, in a good physical condition to survive. Um, but he had hope that he and his father were going to survive. Yes, and actually adding on to that, spoiler alert, um, when his father dies at that camp, He's he's liberated. The camp's liberated a month later, but until then, like he he describes it in just like a days going by. Like he doesn't have anything to live for, and that really shows that if they had had to do any serious work or anything or another transfer move, that he probably wouldn't have survived because he just didn't have anything to do it for. And that really showed that he, that this hope is actually a big factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I mean, I remember hearing when he died, he said, um, like, I, I lost hope. Like, there's no point. There's no point to right. survive. Really he depressed. Said, yeah. And he probably wouldn't have survived much longer if he hadn't been liberated. Well, I think that's a great place to go into our last question that I have. Which, Ethan, for you is, why is it important, like, in or for survival for families not to be separated, to stay together? Like, how does that affect survival? And also, how does the hope part play into that? Um, well, most people were alive before their families. They wanted, they were, it was their families, like, they wanted to be there for their families. Like, when I was talking about how that guy said... My only hope. Um, I'm only alive because my family's there. He was. He was the man in the house since 1944. So it was still. It was the women's were getting their rights, but there's still majority men, right? Like yeah. all the men were in the army, and he was the man in the house. So he was alive for his family, and because and he believed that his family was still alive. That was the only reason that he was keeping them going because he wanted to be there for his family. Yeah, that makes sense. Besides faith, family was one of the biggest things that people live for, I think. 
Do you agree um, with that? I would agree with that. Yeah. Actually, bringing this back, we told we talked earlier about how he like he survived by lying about so he wouldn't get his gold tooth removed. Well, later after that, doctor had you know been killed actually because he was found to commit treason against the Germans, keeping money for himself that he got from these gold teeth. The SS officer in charge of like the commando or group that Eli and his father were in. He wanted that tooth for himself, like not as the Germans, but like for himself, which is what the other doctor had wanted. And he actually harassed his father to try to get Eli to give in because he kept like getting on his father's case, beating him, making fun of him, mocking him. And that showed and that made Eli give up his um, his gold tooth so that his father wouldn't get abused, which just shows how much he was willing to go to and what lengths he was willing to go to to uh, keep his father. Also, when his father was sick and in the infirmary, um, Eli went into the infirmary, or to the sick room, whatever it was, and slept with him on the bunk above him, just so he could be with his father and help his father. And whenever his father needed water, whenever his father needed food, he would get that for him. Yes, sacrificing his own food to save his father. Yes. And he, he wasn't able to have his father survive, but he kept his father there for a week, a week more. Right. And he got to be the, and his father, he got to, he got um, more hope and more reason to go, Eli, for one more week. Right. Which actually connected at the end of the uh, last segment we did, which was talking about how after his father died, he lost hope. Well, again, that's about family because his father was his hope. Yeah. Um, and that really shows. How that can be a big factor. And during one of the selections for uh, during one of the selections, he um, Eli didn't care about his didn't care about what he was doing. Well, like was the only thought he was thinking. He, he did care. The only thought he was thinking was one thought kept arising in my mind: not to be sorry for my father. That's the only thing he was thinking. And he wrote that. That's what he wrote. He said that that's the only thing I thought about, basically, like the whole entire time I was at the camp. Right. I and don't this, want to be separated from my father. Yeah. And this need to uh, stay together actually really incorporates into an article that I researched, I think you saw too, which was really about how a family, this is in the New York Times, um, this is modern times, where the U.S. takes children away from their parents at the border and uses them as bargaining chips to get the parents to have, be deported back to um, wherever they came from. This is, I think, Mexico. Just so they could be reunited with their kids. And most of the people there, they... they um, Yeah, they went back just so they could keep their kids. And that was really powerful to me. Yes, I really agree. I, I did read that. I thought that... I thought that, I mean, it's... It's... Um, it's really smart that the Americans do that, but also like hard, and that's what was hard about like the germ. Like, so that was one of the really hard things about the Germans because they right when they right when they got to the camp, the first thing they said was the "woman to the left, men to the right," and Eli said that was like just eight words, right? Just regular some eight words, but those eight words are the reason that I left my mother. Right, just really hard, and like the Nazis were dehumanizing people and that affected the hope that we probably, we probably could have talked about that earlier about how the Nazis like dehumanized people. But the U S here is almost going to the same extent by just taking away the kids. And that's really hard. Um, Another part from that article was the sister is recounting how 
her sister was taken away from her and she couldn't stop crying until her sister was um like given back to her like days later like until she saw her again i mean those are the i mean when you're getting separated from people those these are the people that are with you basically like these are the people that you've seen every single day for the past however like for the past for me the past 13 years i've seen my mom and my dad basically every single day yes like, these just, are the people who've supported you during your entire life yeah like they're the people the reason you're here right now like everything they do for you is why is like why is like the person that you are um and and then you then there's just to leave them and the, lose them either to death or to being separated by to being taken away like that it, it kind of makes you lose hope because if my like my family is there to support me to help me to get through this stuff so why am i going to go through it because my loved ones the people i'm always with can't be with me anymore yeah, like, I know my brother and sister, like, I would love to get rid of them for a day or two, but, like, the thought of never seeing them again just makes it, it's really hard for me to imagine not being able to be with my brother and sister or my parents, too. Like, I'll go away for camp, and, you know, I'll be fine, because I know I'll see them, and then I'll see them again, and I'll be like, oh, I, I really miss them. But to never see them again, like, that would just wreck my fatigue. And um, I think this idea that, it, like, these people wreck your fatigue really ties into why this is such important for survival, which is to survive, you need to be functional. And, like, the loss of families and loved ones, that makes it super hard for you to function properly. Um Again, bringing it back to how Eli, like, had lost his father. He lost his father, and he became in a daze. Like, he become became unfunctional, and he wouldn't really have been able to work. I know, and when my uh, cousin died, um, I was really depressed, and I came to school, but I wasn't paying attention in school. I, I just couldn't. I was so sad. It didn't make me function. We were doing some writing assignment in English, and I got nothing done. Like, I just I just couldn't do anything. Just renders you functionless. It just made me functionless. I was just too sad to do anything. And then I had a basketball game that weekend, and I did not play like my normal self. I I did not play like, like a basketball player. I was just kind of – I was just kind of like jogging around, playing like how my five-year-old sister plays soccer – in a way, right. so and that's not how it, how me a thirteen year old did basketball, and so it really just knocks you off and makes you lose hope, especially yeah. if you're in a place where everyone's dying. Again, going back to that sister that I mentioned, who was separated from her sister, couldn't stop crying. Like that's a shot, uh, a sign that she's not functional, that she can't really do anything, and that she's just super sad. So there are these sad moments that are really when you're being separated from your family, when you lose your family, that make it really hard for you to do things and survive. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, like, the thing that makes, the thing about, like, losing all hope and, like, keeping, like, not, like, dying because of your family, like, like, losing hope and, like, being okay to just lose it all and die, mm-hmm. lose your life, 
I think it, it's even worse when you're in a place like the Holocaust or in camps when um, when all you have is There's nothing to help you console. You. Yeah, all you have and all so all you have is your your family, and you're seeing everybody else die. You can die at any moment there. Right. So when if your father if like your father dies, I mean you're and you're seeing all this death around you, it's kind of it just kind of all takes over you, and I could all take over you really quickly. It pulls you into this downward spiraling thing that will lead to your ultimate demise, um, I guess yeah. is a way to put it, if, that shows what it can do, how hard it can be. And you, like in the book, all these people that got separated from their family very early on in the process. Um, they didn't survive very long. They, they didn't survive or they were in a horrible condition. It's like, and we're basically going to die. But like, they, they, they were in so bad condition that tomorrow would be the, like that any minute could be their death. Right. So the, the family really is what I think that families might have been the driving force to keep most people alive. Right. Yeah, I think that really is something that's really hard for a lot of people is struggling with that separation, being able to survive through that. Again, how God and faith are another thing that lets you live for something and, like, put you through that and makes it really hard to live without because that's something you've had your whole life and to lose it kind of throws you off your track and just not able to live in something you can't really live for. And then the actual survival piece where, like, there are all these extreme and terrible things people are doing because they need to survive. And then also, as we discussed some of the things that people do that are also not good, not even to survive, just to, you know, as impulses or to get into school, that really show that it can be hard and that people do a lot of extreme things to survive. Um, and that's really something that I think this discussion has really taught me. Yes, I um, I think so too. It really opened my eye to see that people that like we will all go to extremes to do like even simple things, not let alone like survival. Right. That, like, yeah. That I think human that, instinct can make you do a lot of not so nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. You know, we really hope you've enjoyed this discussion. We really hope you've learned something. I'd really like to thank our um, teachers, Miss Odell and Miss Sutrell, for helping us plan this out and getting all the references and things we've talked about in this episode. And th- we just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this. Um, I'm Wills, and I've been here with my good friend Ethan. And we hope that you listen to the next episode on the Harkness. Thank you. <laughs>